Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a fun one for you this week. It's been quite a long time since we've done a top 10 list for anything, and we were just talking about it not long ago. It's like, we need to do a top 10 list. What do we do? I like cartoons. Cartoons in many aspects are better than most of their live-action counterparts. Right. And we haven't done a list of the absolute best animation has to offer in terms of theatrical film releases. If we were to do television shows, we would never get through the list. That would be almost impossible. We've done some, for example, Christmas movies, right? Right. And there was some animation in the Christmas movies. And we've done a review on animated movies from time to time right but we've never kind of topped a list off with our personal best 10 and that's that's the thing to remember this is not a commentary necessarily on uh, importance or quality this is just how it hits for us specifically now personally i include every type of animation in this whether it's computer generated whether it's hand drawn by the cell whether it's uh, stop motion. The only thing I didn't include were films that combined animation and real world as part of the gimmick. So, no Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Cool World or anything like that. I kind of felt like animation itself is a pretty broad, if not semi-generic category because there's just so many different things that you can include in that. But I, I kind of felt the same way that some of those movies were cool and if you look at let's say uh, a scanner darkly for example that's actually just that's an interesting little combination of things for sure uh but to me that's an animated movie because it's it's animated now was it animated on top of something that was live action yeah (laughs) but that's it wasn't a combination it was an animated thing based on a live thing so we'll go with that one if that's in your list. Well, I, I did not put that one in my list just because I felt it was close enough to that, that line. I just nudged it across because I had plenty of other choices and it wouldn't, oh, yeah. have, wouldn't have made my top 10 anyway. Now, in, in terms of overall animated features, you know, one of the things we were talking about is there are a lot and we have appreciation for a lot and there's different varieties and animated movies have been shoot since the forties and fifties. They've been doing some animated movies, you know, Disney of course was doing, you know, things like Bambi or Fantasia, things like that. But a lot of the things that if you look at a common list of these are the best of all time, honestly, I've seen very few of those and I know you've seen more of those, but I think what we'll run into is we're definitely missing some, off of this list. And oh, you yeah. know what? That's okay. Yep. I guarantee you, I'm I'm uh even even after I made my list there were a couple that occurred to me. It's like, oh why didn't I include that? And well, oh well. <laughs> Do what we can. Yeah. But uh well let, let's start off strong. Let's get uh let's get your pick for your number ten choice. Okay. So in terms of the in terms of the ratings for these, I always find it hard because 
10 through 8 could be very similar and 9 through 2 could be very similar in a certain sense. Um, but I will start off with one because I didn't really number them. I had my list of 20, it was a little over 20, just kind of scooped them down into 10 and stuffed them on a cleaner written piece of paper. <laughs> so um, in reviewing this, mm, 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 I will throw in here, here, okay, here we go. I'll just do because we uh, we started watching this again. My kids haven't seen it. And I'll go with the original Shrek. Very nice choice. Um, we're actually going to be able to, to compound. We're, we've got some crossover on this one. Shrek is on my top ten list also. It hits me uh, at my a little bit higher on the list. But, yeah, Shrek is a fantastic film. I, I just think that the comedy the voice acting the people that you got for this and, and okay the, the animation in this if you look at it in today's eyes is it the cleanest and sharpest well, maybe not it's clean but it's very I don't know what what would you call it just very can very old animation in a clean sense. Right. Um, but at the time, it looked great. Yeah. And the voice actors that you got were great. Now, okay, for me, personally, I am a sucker for Mike Myers. Um, yeah. He was in his prime when this one came out, right? So there was just a lot of dumb movies that people love to hate in a certain sense or love to love. Yeah. And he was the king of those movies. And I mean, I'm surprised you don't love him. He's Canadian and all. But um, I do love him. I just he he was really great and then he hit this just this run of awful films. That's that's true. Uh what's the the one the the um, the guru. Oh good lord. That I was love terrible. okay. That movie is great in a bad way and bad in a great way. And that one gets that one gets a lot of hate, but it's so stupid that it's great. And that's just perfect for me. But his voice acting in this with his silly accents, uh, when you hear that voice, to me, when you hear that voice, you know instantly it's Mike Myers, but you also know instantly, uh, like you associate that with Shrek. And when he does it now in a live action setting, you still, it's like when, Josh Brolin talks, all you hear is Thanos, right? <laughs> when you hear Mike Myers talk like that, all you, to me, all you kind of hear is Shrek. Uh, well, and, you know, I talked about Mike Myers hitting that skid of bad movies. Well, Eddie Murphy had, <laughs> had already hit his skid of bad movies yes. before this came out. So this, this was so great for me because I love Eddie Murphy, and he's just so phenomenally talented. And to see him be able to do something where people could appreciate him again for how awesome he is, uh, that was that was fantastic. And when you mix in a little John Lithgow, I I I want that guy to be my adopted dad. Uh, so long as he's the the happy, funny Lithgow and not like the murderous Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, serial killer. <laughs> I did watch a lot of Dexter, so yeah, serial killer, serial killer John Lithgow. Now the. The John Lithgow character, just the name, yes. is, it's a kid's movie, and his name's Farquaad. That's right, Lord Farquaad. Yes, it's 
really, it's funny. Come it on. is very on, funny. It's funny. It is good. But that's the thing. This is one of those earlier films where they tried to start mixing in that the jokes for the parents because you know they're going to be there with the kids, so why not try and keep the parents entertained too? Yeah. And it, it worked well. Now, because a thing makes a sequel doesn't make the thing good, but obviously this led to sequels, right? Yeah. And video games and a lot of marketing and money making, so... And, and it wasn't, now this is important, I think, it wasn't a Disney property. No. But the, the it did have the, the kind of the Mike Myers stamp whenever Mike Myers had a really successful film that spawned sequels. They maintained just slightly less quality than the previous film each time. <laughs> so Kept a lot of the elements. Kept a lot of the elements. So Shrek 2, still really good. Not as good as the original. Shrek 3. Really solid. Not as good as Shrek 2. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of slow slide down as they hit the same notes and kind of repeat some of the same jokes. But one of the other things that I really love is that Vincent Castle was uh, voicing in this uh, as Monsieur Hood, you know, Robin Hood. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm trying the woody lady here. Uh, if you're not familiar with who that is, he's been in a bunch of films, but... Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the the Oceans films, and he was in Oceans mm-hmm. uh, 14 and uh, you know Oceans 1 million, whatever. So he's in the second and the third films as as a thief, and he did such a great job in that film. He's so much fun, uh, even though he's only in a single scene in this film. Wasn't was it the second one where they did uh, Puss in Boots? Uh, yes, that's correct. And now there's their own. Oh, yeah. Boots movie, so yep. like two the, of them. The 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 like the, the success just keeps stacking in a certain sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's profitable and recognizable enough that they just keep making offshoots and versions and stuff like that. So cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Now my number ten, we're going to start Disney for me. Okay. Um, when this came out, I had just well, I just graduated not too long ago from college. So, and this was actually early on when we started thinking about kids films because I had, I had a little one. So, and I, this is one of those films like, Oh, this is, I remember this being better than what I had when I was, you know, growing Mm -hmm. up. And for me, it's Tarzan. Um, it was so incredibly well animated. It was for, for, the traditional style of animation, it was so fluid in the way that it did everything stylistically. It was a lot of fun. I mean, yes, it, it strayed from the original story uh, <laughs> pretty pretty far, mm-hmm. but it you kind of cared, and it was fun. And again, it just had such a, a fantastic voice cast that just kind of stuck with you. It was so good. Well... You know, a lot of the animation that you will see in our current generation, a lot of that is computer generation, computer drawn. I don't know exactly on this, but a lot of it looks more like a hand drawn element, right? Uh, Whether it was hand drawn and then translated or whatever. But this looks more like when we were growing up, Mm -hmm. what our animated things looked like. When we talked about Shrek and we have some other ones, right? Like this is the this is the time frame where they're going to that computer generated, you know, like ants and a uh, bug's life, right? So like a lot of the stuff is shifting away from hand-drawn 
going to the computer animated, the early generation of what we see now, but this one still had that clean, that clean element to it. Yeah. The, uh, the thing that really also got to me is the soundtrack was particularly good. I mean, this was towards the, uh, towards the point when a, a certain, um, very popular pop artist <laughs> was at his stride. And in fact, he won best song, I think for this and edged out, um, edged out, um, bigger, longer and uncut. Oh, okay. and that was why they did that episode making fun of him. <laughs> I want you in me or something like that was what they, they actually, uh, ended up calling it, but it's, Brian Adams. No, no, not not Brian Adams. But uh, if you if you don't know who we're talking, we're talking about Phil Collins. And uh, I was trying to remember the name. Uh, You'll be in my heart. That was the name of the the song. I could not remember for the for the life of me. But I mean, it was it was everywhere. I mean, you listened to it. It was hit hitting pop radio, and uh, it, you know, radio was a thing at that point. What did Shrek have? It had. Uh... Uh, All Star. Um, Somebody wants Toby. Yes, that the song that's everyone loves to hate and hates yeah. to love and is on everything and everywhere. Yeah, well, I can't can't get too mad about that, but uh, it's still funny. I, I mean, it's because it shows up everywhere, and you you know it, and you recognize it, and you groan a little bit when you hear it. But it's just like it's a, it's an acceptable grown in a yeah. certain sense like oh God. but i mean this you, you got mini driver and glenn close yeah and if wayne knight as tantor was great and i'm you know lover or hater rosie o'donnell does great voice work and she in the film she's in she's great i mean i mean i'm a big fan of the league of their own she's great in the league of their mm-hmm. own and between that and this, like, all right, she's got a spot in the best just from those two films on their own. Lance Henriksen. He's got a special, special spot, spot next to my heart. Yeah. This was uh, alien. Yeah, he was pretty awesome. Kerchuk. But yeah, so I enjoyed that. My sons enjoyed this film. It's just, it's got a lot of nice little uh, lessons and it's just, it's just extremely some great action spots and some silliness. Just good all the way down. I think that's a good choice to start off the list. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. Um, Since you did Disney, I'll do Disney as all well. Right. Uh, now, I'm going to be generic, and I chose the first one. I chose Toy Story. And in many scenarios, the second one could be your best. Honestly, the fourth one was really good. Um, The third one, like all the movies are honestly really solid. And to say that you like the first one the best is fine. To say that you like the fourth one the best honestly is fine too. But I'll I'll pick the first one simply because it's the one that kind of started, you know, a lot, right? The Pixar animation studio, right? Mm -hmm. And it kind of spawned a lot of stuff going forward. It had great 
tremendous voice acting talent. It's made a lot of money for Disney and everything thereafter. So <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a great one. Now we we so we we talked about the the transition of some of these things, right? And the animation and the drawing. And your Tarzan movie was ninety nine, and right. this Toy Story is ninety five. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I was in high school. I can't even remember when the first time I saw this movie was. If it was actually in the theater, I probably was with with my friends, um, because it looked cool. Like, and everybody, I, I'm I'm being generic here, uh, but everybody has a soft spot in a certain sense for Tom Hanks. Yeah. If you watched network television at all, you probably knew and liked Tim Allen. You might not. You might not. If you dug deep into Tim Allen, you like in his background, you may or may not like him. But you know, he made some mistakes. People do. People do, but nothing too crazy, as far as I know. Maybe I don't read enough, but he was indeed Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yes, he was. And all we had was network television. So we did watch a lot of that show. So you had two right off the bat, just people at their peak lending voice talent to this movie with a ton of, uh, I mean, look at the rest of the people on here, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, the one cool, uh, the one cool thing about this is if you look at someone like John Ratzenberger, right? He is one of my favorites. Uh, once again, network television. I always watch Cheers. Cliff Clavin. I watched all, a lot of Cheers, but this kind of started his turn also in appearing in like every Pixar movie. <laughs> right? He didn't miss him. It le legitimately didn't miss him. He was in every single one in some form or fashion. Um, Jim Varney. Oh yeah. Who is no longer with us? Y you may not. When you write, when you when you recognize the voice, you might not recognize the face. When you say Jim Varney, you may not even know who that really is. But I, I don't know. If somebody tells me that they don't know who Jim Varney is, I don't think that they're really being earnest. Where's the drugs? <laughs> it may show your age a bit, but if you know exactly who Jim Varney is, then you grew up in your R age and you watched his silly PG foolishness. Oh yeah. And we're truly amused by it. Now it's funny, a lot of people talk about the Ernest films for him, but yeah, you know, I I liked him best in Bever the remake of the Beverly Hillbillies. So I thought he did great in that. Um but yeah, he's he was super talented. Wallace Shawn for me, seeing him in anything. It's great. Yes, and you rec you will recognize his face and his voice because he's in a lot of things. Um, it's inconceivable yeah, how many projects yeah, he's been in. Yeah. <laughs> I but, mean, he, he, he's been in some bad movies. Let's put it that way. That but. wasn't one of them. That, that is unfortunately some area where Richard's brain just misfires. Everybody loves that film, but you know, it happens sometimes. I mean, it's it, it's at best a very mediocre film. <laughs> oh, oh, that's hard. That hurts because it's so good. But he is also the uh, Grand Negus in Deep Space Nine. Mm, yes. Quark, um, quark. Let me see here. Annie Potts. Yeah. Um, Arlie Ermey is pretty awesome in everything that he yeah. does and a great comedic actor as well. You wouldn't think it, but he's he's got 
he's got some great comedy chops too. I mean, Don Rickles and I mean, just there, there is, there is nobody that's not great in this film. I mean, early CGI animation, sure, it doesn't hold up quite as well. But even without that, that it doesn't matter. It's just so, it just hits a chord. And I think one of the things about this one too is indeed the soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. So the soundtrack in, in this one is one, you recognize the songs, right? Um the gonna, gonna sing about the pair and there's the pair. <laughs> yes, much <laughs> m- not maligned, but much comedically imitated, sent, right? Sent up a little bit. Yes. Uh but you know what it it sounds like Randy Newman. Like if you if you know or have heard Randy Newman, then you would recognize him from this from this song and the performance in this. But it's a clean it's it's a clean song and it fits great, you know? Um Oh, end credits, a duet with Lyle Lovett. Look at that. <laughs> Produced by Don Was. In in the, if you were making pop music in the eighties, you were generally produced by Don Was, which was kind of crazy. He also did. Uh, oh, it's just rattling off the soundtrack credits. Yeah, I got you. Um, I, I I think if you if you look at successful Disney and then of course Pixar and those types of things, what has this one spawned? I mean, talk about marketing or side projects or you know even most recently it just popped up on in the theaters a couple months ago and now you can watch it on disney plus you can watch um the thing with the people in the space and uh, my brain doesn't work the space and time the talked about the brain not working before we started but there are a lot of things that started with this movie let's just put oh yeah well if it wasn't for this the the studio would not have been successful yeah and that we got a lot of great stuff because like you um so that's that's definitely a good number nine um and it hit my list too again so far both of your picks have hit my top 10 and and later stealing them all i do not like it all right. Well, let's go to my number nine. We're going. We're going to stay with Disney for a minute. Okay, I've got a couple on my list. Although we we mentioned the Disney animation is great. There's so many of them from old to new. We could make an entire list of hey, what's our top ten Disney animated movies? Right? Oh yeah, there but, are a crap ton of them. But uh, this one came out when I was still in school, obviously <laughs> in high school at this point, um, and. You know, I'd seen other Disney films. It's like, oh, these are fun. These are good. I like this one. This is the first one that I saw that I go, this is something different. This is a step above in terms of quality, both in just in the soundtrack and the way that the story was laid out. And the the animation was still... You know, resembled the original animation. It hadn't gotten to the super slickness that you would have like with a Tarzan, but it was still really, really good. And it was so catchy. And 
Angela Lansbury will do that to you. Right. And we're talking, of course, about Beauty and the Beast in 1991. Oh, my God. This film was so good. They they had a real, just let's call it a hot streak, where your your Beauty and the Beast would probably be my Aladdin, mm-hmm. where it was just like, you know, this in today's terminology, uh, this slaps. Yeah. Uh, just because of the story and the animation and the songs, uh, clean is a good as another good word, right? Where it's just. You love the characters that are in it. You appreciate the pageantry of it. And the the animation is still right up our alley of what we're used to seeing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. And they've actually done some documentaries about just the, the, the construction of this film and a handful of other films uh, because of who was involved with it being just radically different in the way that it was put together and the 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 way that the music because the music is the key to this film it's not like here's an animated film that has good music the music is a must it has to be part it is a musical thing which anybody that knows me knows that i generally hate musicals just with a passion now it's changed a little bit i've softened a bit over the years but even before i softened there are exceptions and there are some just phenomenal musical animations and the voice acting like you said is is really good from angela lansbury but uh jesse cordy is lefou just so iconic for me and he's been in a bunch of other stuff uh you know not not a ton where you go oh i know who that guy is but uh <laughs> but just from the voice but you would know david ogden steers as cogsworth i mean he He's just been in a ton of stuff. I mean, you ever uh, Mash, I believe, would be one of the big ones yes. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, or Lumiere, Jerry Orbach. If you ever watched Law and Order, I mean, come on these 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 guys have some kind of uh, iconic voices. And just as much as as much as anything else, the one that pulls it together just in the voice is Richard White. If he doesn't if he doesn't make you hate him as Gaston. Everything falls apart. Yeah. Um, If we think about in this time frame with this type of animation and this type of music, where we at? Because there was one every year, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was like the Little Mermaid was in this time frame. Aladdin Mm -hmm. was in this time frame. I'm probably missing one other one in there, too. Um yeah, there's a ton, but we're not going to talk about all of them because we'll probably end up running across others that are on our list. Correct. It's just <laughs> what I'm saying is like this was a special time for Disney Animation because they just they they had a they had a string of just hot hits. It was Alan Menken. I mean, that's that's the key thing. If you look at this film and Aladdin and Little Mermaid, it's Alan Menken. He's a biz man. Yeah, he well he was anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he is known for just creating music that lasted and lasted. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, pretty awesome. All right. I guess, no, he's still alive. I thought he died. Yeah, he's trying to just kill off people. Here. I am. Apparently I could have sworn he had died. 
I take it back. Oh, yes, right, because he did Gallivant. That was, oh, he was so good on. Anyway, <laughs> that was something else. Uh, he's gonna. He's got some stuff coming up in Disenchanted here. Soon. Deadpool the musical. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's good time stuff. For number eight. I think it's time for number eight. Okay. What is your number eight? So we've been, you know, polite and wholesome. Why don't we switch it off to something a little bit more risque, yeah, crude? Let's call it. Um, I'm gonna throw in there um, one of my favorites. And we talk about the soundtracks on this movie, on these movies, but the soundtrack on this movie is really good too. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America. How did this make your top 10? I was looking at it. It was fun, but top 10, really? Because I am, so I think I mentioned before with uh, the Paramount Plus subscription thing, right? I, I wouldn't pay strictly for Star Trek, but I love the, the the Star Trek stuff, and there's so much of it, and I miss being able to watch those things. Um, I wouldn't pay for the Halo series. I'd like to see it, but I wouldn't pay to see that. Now, or Beavis and Butthead has a new movie and new episodes. I'd be really tempted throw down some bucks for a couple months to be able to see all of that new content. And it's just because I that that series in general just is right up my alley. It's funny. It it's it's only funny to a few people, but it's so stupid that it's funny to me and all the the dumb jokes and the references just crack me up every time. Plus, there's a little Rob Zombie interlude in there, too, which is just a random insert in, in the movie. But if you look at the soundtrack, the soundtrack's really solid on it, too. It's just, it fit the genre at the time. If you were a fan of the show, it was another great extension of that show. And when I think about these movies that we're going to mention... It's like, could you go back and watch this again? Or if it was on TV, would you watch it again? And would you watch it in passing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is one of those movies for me. So that's why I have it on my list. It's got kind of an interesting little smattering of some guest appearances, too. Yeah. I mean, if you can get manage to get Bruce Willis in his heyday to, to get to do a voice on your thing and Demi Moore, that's crazy. But, you know, some of these, key, like... Having Robert Stack be in it—that's <laughs> that's, so that's cool. funny, right? <laughs> uh, and he was a main, like a main character in it too. Uh, Cloris Leachman, Eric Bogosian—he's he's one of my favorites. He's in a ton of different stuff and is generally awesome in all of it. Oh, is he going to be in the new uh, Interview with the Vampire? That's right, he is. Oh, that'll be good. What like if you go like down? He was he always plays like that um, Law and Order, like that guy that <laughs> guy that gets on your nerves type of guy. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think he did that more in his earlier the kind of kind of sleazy or slimy kind of guy. He, mm -hmm. he had a lot of that early, but he got he gained a, a certain 
gravitas, I guess, is the best way to put it. As he got, uh, as he got older, and he's he's written a, a decent amount of stuff too. So I mean, he was in a helmet video. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> oh yeah, but it it's hard not to like Beavis and Butthead so long as you can turn off your higher brain functions for a little bit. And that's that's the whole point. Yeah the 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 show. For me, personally, hits a hits a note of stupidity that I that I enjoy, and this this movie fills that gap. In. I mean, look at the trailers; just come up. Corn, Julio, wood. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to like that. So, my number eight. You actually already did. now. Before we get to number eight. I figured out why I'd said uh, the Alan Menken was dead because I forgot it. it wasn't Menken; it was Howard Ashman. So he worked on those films and the lyrics and the music and stuff, and he you was the one Howard. that died. That's what it was. It was just Howard. Yeah. So it, it just kind of kind of messed me up there. But we've already talked about my number, uh, my next one, which is Shrek. So. Shrek, yay! <laughs> Easy peasy. So. <laughs> yeah, I got you, fool. Yeah, that makes me makes me a little bit sad. Stolen thunder. Yeah. All right. So that that's uh, I'll throw our seven. So that makes it number six for you, right? Mm. So many to choose from here. Um, <laughs> one of the things on my list, which is actually arguably number one on my list, I'm going to save it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's animation because I've seen it in the list as animation. <laughs> we'll see. I've, I've seen it in lists as animation, but it's probably not animation. So anyway, um, I'm gonna save that for number one and have it may maybe do a one A and one B. But anyway, um, let's pick one here. Okay, lately because of HBO Max, I've been really killing the DC animated stuff. Yeah. And the thing about the DC animated stuff is it's way better than their live action stuff. It is. And that's unfortunate, but it gives a lot more freedom to do things. Like if you want Batman to have crazy ups and fly through the streets and have this just complete athletic ability that you could never put on screen, it looks natural uh, in animation. All right. If Superman has the powers and you want to present those powers as, you know, whatever level you want them to be in your animated world, it's a lot easier to do that. Uh, the the Justice League cartoons are great. The Young Justice cartoons are really great also. But there's tons of animated movies, and I, I have to pick one, which I think... A lot of people don't like it. I'm sorry, but I'm just stuck on it. I'm, I'm ready to lay the hammer down as soon as you say I know what it's going to be. Now, here's here's the problem with this one. If you you know the source material. <laughs> I do know the source material. And I don't. And it makes me so mad every time you bring this up. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. So it is Batman Hush. Trash. It is trash. So Jesus Christ. If you ignore the source material you'd have to because good lord they deviated correct from and i read up on it the first time i watched it, i read up afterwards and because the story to me was so intriguing that the presentation of the story material is so intriguing not 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 the ending right not the surprise twist of the ending like 
I could have cared less to, about who it was. You, you knew who it was, but like, who cares? The reason I really like this one, um, it's kind of two parts in a certain sense. You get the first part and it's leading up to this, you know, there's a heist, there's things going on, like what's happening. Um, it, it's got some Superman elements in there. It's got a lot of, uh, bad guys, but the but but the bad guys are your typical Batman set of bad guys, right? Uh, but you still have your other Batman family in there too. So you get all these cool elements. If it's got Nightwing in it, it's going to be cool. I love love me some Nightwing. Yeah. Um, but the thing about it is, once you lead up into this story and you get the thing, it feels like there's a resolution halfway through. But, but what happens is you get this, this, this view, you get this feeling of what if we, we know Batman as like, he has his own set of emotions and feelings and things to deal with. He doesn't let people in, but he has a, a set of people around him that he trusts, but he's like this person that is calculated and cunning, but not evil, but he cares about not killing people and doing the right thing, but he always has a contingency plan. And like, there's all these things that we know Batman as, but we don't know Batman as a human, because if we knew him as a human, then he has a weakness. Right. And this one's, this one kind of throws it up at like, what if, what if Batman let his guard down and he became slightly more, human in terms of his emotion and his feeling. And that's the part I actually just love about this movie. And whether you want to go with the source material and blah, 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 and all that, that's where this movie turns and just becomes really intriguing to me. Well, and so, so here's my thing. And the reason that it elicits such a strong reaction from me is because up until a certain point, it actually does a fantastic job of following the source material and developing in the way that you're talking about. And it's got some great voice acting in it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jennifer Morrison to begin with, to have her be Selena Kyle. That's an interesting choice. Um, but all of everybody does a great job. However, if you're going to put this into animated form, where you can do anything. You can actually, if you wanted to, you can follow the source material completely. But you choose not to just because you think you need to change it so that all the people that read the comic will be surprised. That's not the surprise that the, the comic readers want. That is, it, it is one of the absolute worst butcherings of the end of a story I have ever seen because it was done so well, so perfectly in the comics, all they had to do was match it. There was no need to change anything because there was no reality, real actors to have like, well, we can't put this costume this way on screen and this isn't going to translate. Well, no, yeah, it's like a cartoon. They just had to follow the script and it would have been fine and they screwed it up. I, I, I was so angry. And and it's not and that's the thing it's 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 not the kind of angry in the sense that man I just wasted my time no no that's that's not it I feel like they wasted their potential 
to Correct. have something just this gem, this bit of perfection that they could have had. It's like they were putting the the gem into the into the ring or into the whatever, and they're being real careful, and somebody slips. Yeah, <laughs> whoops! <laughs> just kind of come on, guys, and because you can see it, anybody, even if you didn't watch or if if you didn't read the source material. I, I would say that 90% of people watching this film would know immediately when it deviated because you just have to go, what? What is happening here? Yeah. It's- now, I, I, I say this one because I was I was hooked on that intrigue and the what if thing. And are there elements of this that could be better? Yes. Are there elements that could be worse? Yes. And, you know, like the the Justice League movies, like Justice League... Dark or Justice League, uh, Doc Dark, the you know uh, Apocalypse War, and there's a po- there's a lot of things with Apocalypse, and there's a lot of things that are just Justice League Dark with just Batman, and there's Justice League War, and there there's just a lot of variety when it comes to the DC movies that are available to watch, and they have good stories. Um, Honestly, some of these things I just like to watch multiple times, like the Apocalypse War, as outlandish as it can be. And you're like, well, everybody dies and it's doom and gloom. Well, yeah, but you don't oftentimes get to see that. And if you're going to get people shot up and killed and chopped up, like, okay, cool. You don't get to see that in comic book movies very much. So take it a different direction. But of course, at the end, everybody will know everybody doesn't survive. Right. So Mm. but. Then they just say, well, I'm going to run fast and reset everything. So that part kind (laughs) of changes the tone at the end of that movie. But that particular movie, I enjoy watching that movie. So the DC animated movies in their own right, um, Flashpoint Paradox, like there's great, great movies. But for some reason, I just keep going back to this one. There's there's reasons because even even with the problems I say, the seed of amazing is in there. And if you've never read the original comics, it's Jeff Loeb. God, so good, so good. Like there's if if you look at like the the Batman, uh, Killing Joke, right? That one is now available to watch as a as an animated movie, and that gets some good yeah. reviews, right? And I don't know how close that sticks to the actual source material. I have to read the one that you gave me, so uh, it, it's always going to deviate. It's never going to be a perfect translation, or uh, you know, Batman Mask of the Phantasm from long ago is widely reviewed as not just one of the best DC animated movies, but like one of the best animated movies in general. Like it's yeah. a really good movie and it's cool and all, but I guess I'm a little spoiled by some of the more recent movies. So I almost had a DC animated in my top 10 and just missed it. We'll get that in the honorable mention section. Oh, okay. But uh, we'll go to my number six. Uh, let's go a little east. Um, I'm a big fan of anime, and that could also get its own top ten list, just top ten anime films. But um, there are a couple that I, I feel are better than the rest uh, and can easily compete even to people that are not anime fans. So my number six, uh, Studio Ghibli. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro. So the whole concept of this story is just so sweet without being saccharine. You know, family moves into the country and 
the daughters discover just kind of this supernatural element that exists within and around their house and find a, a really unlikely friend. It is, you can, you can listen to the uh, English translation. You can, uh, it, I, I prefer it in the original uh, with some, with some, uh, a uh, little bit, a little bit of actual writing at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, you got to read it. That's kind of annoying, but the the English dub uh, it loses something. Yeah, your 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 dub and what you're reading in without it being dubbed are they're the same thing. But the voice acting that I think you get in the original translation just has more impact, more silliness in a certain sense more natural more it i don't know it just it just feels better i i feel that that's the case for sure but uh the it, in the original uh english dub just as an interesting thing dakota fanning does uh one of the voices which is interesting uh so does l fanning <laughs> yeah well it makes sense and tim daly i like it but uh so the visuals in this that's one of the things that if you've if you're not a fan of Miyazaki to begin with if you're if you're not really knowing who uh Miyazaki is he has some very interesting dreamlike qualities to the things that he creates so it's just a lot of the storytelling doesn't need words it's about the environment it, uh, that you're seeing. It's about the actions that are happening. It's actually about you trying to figure out what what is actually occurring, what's real, what's being imagined, you know, just that, that sort of uncertainty. So you don't, there doesn't need to be a lot of dialogue. So the fact that it's not in English doesn't matter. And I'll be honest, I've never seen this movie, so... Uh... Well, I can't speak to it, but I, I uh, recognized the cat car. The cat bus? Yeah. <laughs> the cat bus is uh, pretty fantastic. Um, and it's, they're just, it's just so much fun. Uh, <laughs> the giant yelling Totoro is, is also just, uh, if if you somehow don't smile during this film, I will, I will question <laughs> question you a little bit and well what's wrong um but yeah it's just it's joy it's a lot of joy in this film hey there pudding people thanks for listening this episode stretched just a bit longer than what we had anticipated so we're going to break it up into two parts obviously we've heard 10 through 6 and in the subsequent weeks we'll get 5 through 1 with a few honorable mentions squeezed in there as well. Once again, thanks for listening. 